be careful or you will wind up in my sermon, okay? So, I don't know. I can stop it. <laughs> so, 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 it's just a warning. Now, I'm going to leave it up here just as a warning for you. Be careful. No wonder people have to be inauthentic around the pastor, right? They may wind up in the sermon. So, so this morning I had promised to uh, talk about giving. That's a subject everyone always gets excited about, right? You really should be. I mean, it's an exciting topic, and I still plan to uh, preach and teach on giving. It's not really something I like to talk about or do, but I would uh, deprive you of revelation and understanding if you don't understand giving and receiving. You need to understand that topic, so perhaps next week I'll get on it. I could not uh, teach on it this morning because all week the Lord was talking to me about the congregation and where we're at and what people need to hear, so hopefully I'll get back on that uh, to talk about giving, but this morning I don't really have a sermon. I have a series of thoughts for you, things that the Lord was dropping into my heart all week long as I was praying and seeking Him about whoever was going to be here today or whoever might be at home uh, listening to the message, things that we need to be reminded of. You know, as pastor, I see, I see really so much of what's going on in the congregation. Um, I, I probably see more than anybody because I know your individual lives. I know your struggles. Um, I know the battles people are undergoing, health battles, relationship battles, spiritual battles, financial battles, just all type of things. So the Lord is always talking to me as I'm praying. And there's some things that the Lord wants you to know if you're going to win the spiritual battle. How many know, and you really know, that although God is sovereign, He does not want His people to be passive? Who, who really knows that? Now, what I mean by that is you just say, God is sovereign, and whatever will be, will be. You've never seen that in the Bible. Jesus didn't talk like that, and He didn't act like that. Um, there was always human interaction in God's, uh, in God's economy, the way God worked. Even in the Old Testament, you see that the children of Israel were obedient. What happened? They were blessed. What happened when they were disobedient? They weren't blessed, right? That's, you know, and, they, and they had a law. They had a particular covenant with God. Ours is different under the new covenant, but we cannot be passive as believers. And um, if you just operate as a victim and you believe that you are a victim, first of all, you're very unscriptural. Because the Word of God says, our faith overcomes the world. Doesn't it say that? Right? The Word of God says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. No, it is your faith that overcomes the world. And if we operate and live in unbelief, we have an enemy that does not care. He doesn't care. He is never going to feel sorry for you. He's never going to ease off on you. And he's not going to take it easy on you. He wants to wrap you up in bondage and in sin. And so as believers, the glorious thing about being a believer is... Like the song, and like Charlie, you were talking about today, and thank you so much for that. that was truly a Holy Spirit word, Charlie, truly. And my little guy that gave me a hug this morning, I felt like Jesus was hugging me this morning. 
There are things that we have to come to terms with in our walk with God. And again, I'm not preaching today. I'm going to show you some things the Lord showed me this week to tell you. We're in a spiritual battle. You are in a spiritual battle. You can be an atheist. You're just deceived and you're wrapped up and tied up by the devil. You can be living in sin and oblivious to God and uh, you're wrapped up and tied. You are losing the battle. As a Christian, you will be in a battle your whole Christian life. You will never have a time. Maybe there are times and seasons we go into times of refreshing, times of blessing, and, and you know, great spiritual revival in our lives. But even during that time, you will always be in a battle of one kind or another. Who is not in a battle right now in this church? Be honest. If most people, and sometimes you go through seasons where you may not be in a battle, but if you're a Christian, you will, because what it tells me, if we never encounter battles, you're not in the fight. You're not in the battle. You're not in the fight. You've gone AWOL, because your enemy is not going to give you ground. Now, the Word of God says God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, okay? In Christ, He always causes us to triumph. But there are things that we need to do to obey the Lord to win the spiritual battle. And some of the things that the Lord was talking to me about this week, the, our enemy, Satan, the spiritual war that we're in, I hope you write these things down because it's true. You may not need it today. You're going to need it tomorrow. One of the things the enemy tries to do is take your perspective. He wants to attack your thinking. He wants to attack your believing, and he wants to attack your perspective. We often think it's people that we're struggling with, and I learned this, and as a pastor the last seven years, I've been learning it more and more. People are never my problem. I believe 100%. My only responsibility to people is to love them, period, period, and I maintain that love at great warfare, at warfare. I have to fight to maintain that love because the enemy always wants to come in and change your attitude, change your mindset. If you have a stronghold, if you live in worry, you have a stronghold in your life of worry and you are getting robbed because you live in worry. If you live in fear, one of the things the enemy tries to masquerade as God and talk fear all the time. If you live in fear, then you're getting robbed by the enemy. You cannot overcome its faith or fear, right? We walk in love or we walk in the opposite of love. If your life is bound by rejection, you feel rejection everywhere, and I have battled I know Pam has battled. I have battled that spirit of rejection. Why does Satan come after you? With, well, the Word of God says the thief comes after you to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he comes after you with fear and, and, and rejection. Why? He wants to limit you and keep you down. And he's at war with you. And all of, all of these things he throws at you to change your mindset and your perspective. And in the end, where he wants you is he wants you to live in unbelief, right? It's faith that gets you the victory with God, and faith works by love. 
So he's always attacking your love life, trying to get you to be bitter, trying to get you to be disappointed in people. I can say today, by fighting for it, I'm not disappointed in anybody in one way. I refuse to be. People are God's business, aren't they? Don't get me wrong. There are things you have to deal with in the church, but at the end of the day, and I fight for this, at the end of the day, people are God's business. They're not my business. My business is to love people no matter what and to fight for that. Because I'm learning, I'm not there yet, but I'm learning that I have an enemy and it's the devil and he represents all these negative forces. So he's after my believing, he's after my thinking, he wants me to think wrong, he wants me to believe wrong, because if I think wrong and I believe wrong, what happens with my life? I'm wrong. I start living wrong. My heart, even though I'm born again, and there's a doctrine out there that says that when we're born again, we are the righteousness of God, right? And that is true. I am in Christ, and when God sees me, he sees me as righteous. That is what the Word of God says. He sees you as flawless and righteous. However, there's still a battle for my mind, and there's a battle for that between my soul and my spirit, always rather than walking in the spirit and walking in victory, no matter what that victory looks like, there's a battle in my soul to get me to walk after my flesh. And it is easy for me to know whether someone is walking in their flesh or in their spirit. Isn't it easy? Our words locate us. Just when you talk, and no one has to judge you. When you talk, you know if I'm sad. You know if I'm struggling just by what comes out of my mouth. Nothing wrong with struggling. We all struggle. I want to encourage you to the battle if you're a believer. I want to encourage you to the battle. I want to encourage you to engage in the battle, and I'm going to give you some tips on how to fight this battle against Satan and against the negative forces in this universe and that you encounter. The first thing, the first point, you should write it down. People are not your problem. They never will be. People do not have the ability to curse you, and they do not have the ability ultimately to bless you. If God is for you, no person can be against you. Paul was in prison. He was abandoned by everybody, and he was in prison. He's writing someone, say, everybody's left me. Send, send, bring my coat with you when you come to me. He said, but God has not abandoned me. Amen? If God be for you, I'm talking to you, not to me. I'm talking to you. If God be for you, no one can be against you. So get it out of your mind that people are your blessing. Now, does God use people to bless you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And does the enemy try to use people to hurt you? Absolutely. Tell you what, God used that young man, that little boy, Michael, today to bless me. I'm blessed as I could be. I'm as blessed as I could be. I just felt Jesus holding on to me this morning. So God does use people. But we have to understand that it is God that showers the blessings. Now, here's the principle. I want you to turn. I'm, we're, I'm not preaching, okay? I'm just giving you stuff. You need to get this down. If you don't get this down, you're going to lose the battle. And then you're going to blame God for it. You're going to say, why did God allow this? Why did God do this? God didn't allow it, and God didn't do it. Amen. You allowed it, and you did it. Amen. Why did God let this happen? Amen. 
Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Someone mentioned Joel this morning. I think it was, didn't you mention Joel again? Any of the kids know where Joel's at? Any of the Bible memorization kids? You know where, Braden, you know where Joel's at? You studying this stuff? What book's it after, Braden? Help him, help him. Joel was right after Hosea. Where the kids are memorizing the books of the Bible, and here by March, they're going to have it down. They're, they're going to have it. They're going to have it down. It's important that the kids learn to respect and love the Bible, and that's where we're at. Joel chapter 3. It's after Hosea. I, I, if I wasn't on, <laughs> I'm on TV, you know, and I got, I got some good news, and I don't want to... I don't want to embarrass my kids, you know, my children, but I got some good news, man. Been praying for my kids. I got some good news. My boy's going to church. Yeah. Well, she has to be off the mic, you know. <laughs> Trust me, she doesn't. Well, I just got some good news. God, it, it, okay, this, this is a spiritual principle. Okay, Joel 3.10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say what? Write this down. Here's your principle. You ready for it? Say the opposite. Say the opposite. In Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Paul said, When I am weak, then I am strong. Right? You've got to learn to say the opposite of what the enemy is saying about you and maybe even what people are saying about you, but mostly it is the enemy. He comes into your soul, and you know he does, and he attacks you, and he starts giving you 10 reasons why you're going to fail, 10 reasons why you're not going to make it, 10, 10, 10 of your shortcomings, 10 of your weaknesses, and if you do not agree with the devil. Now, you know, there's one scripture that says agree with your adversary when he's taking you to court, and that's a different context. I'll preach on that later. But you don't agree with the devil. In the book of Amos, it says this, and it's a powerful concept, and it is a truth. How can two people walk together, what? Unless they're in agreement. You have God's word. This isn't the word of Brad Kittle. You study everything I'm telling you, you dig it out in the Word and see with what I'm telling you is so. If you're going to walk with God, you have to agree with God, which means you've got to line yourself up with His Word, and which means you have to dig in and you're responsible to do what? Study, meditate, get in the Word yourself, and if you're not doing that, you better listen to your pastor because I've been in the Word, you better listen. I do this all the time when I feel like I'm not going to make it. The church isn't going to make it. Enemies bringing failure to my consciousness. And, and uh, when the Lord gets me up, He wants me to stand up and start declaring the exact opposite of what the devil's saying about my family. About my, do you know what I say about my children? My children are saved and they're full of the Holy Ghost and they're serving God. My children are mighty on the word of God says, your children, your seed shall be great upon this earth. That's what the Bible says. So that when I, I may see a hundred things that look totally different than that, 
but I am going to put myself in alignment with the Word of God, and I am going to speak even if it hurts my heart to say it, even if I feel everything in my body feels the opposite, I am going to say, great is the peace of my children, and they shall be taught of the Lord. That's what the Word of God says. I am not giving the devil my children. I love my children. They're not going to the devil, and I won't curse them. Now, believe me, everything in you sometimes is going to want to say, I told you that time when I was tithing and giving, and uh, it seemed like I, never, I was always in debt, and I got halfway out of debt, and I went back in. I used to always complain, God, uh, I'm tithing, I'm giving. Why can't I get out? And I'd almost cry. And I, the last time it happened, the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I listened, and he said, watch what you say. I was almost ready to say, why doesn't it work for me? That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Why doesn't it work for me? Self-fulfilling. That you just said, why? And the Lord said, watch what you say. And I just said the opposite. That's a powerful lesson. Because I am telling you, I'm not preaching today. I'm just telling you the things the Lord told me to share. It is one of the hardest things in the world in the midst of trial and temptation to say the opposite of everything. That is a storm and a wind and something flying at you 100 miles an hour. It's pressing against you. The devil wants your mouth because your mouth has authority. What you say has power with God. Number one, you're a priest. Number two, Jesus who made himself a man. I know he was always God. I always got to say that Jesus uh, didn't just stand still and complain. Jesus spoke what? The word of God. He said, it is written. And when he spoke the word of God, it was as he said it would be. What do we think holding fast means anyway? Or stay, You guys with me? The Lord interrupted my giving sermon, Okay. I've never really preached a full message on it. I will, because you need to hear it. And James, listen to this. This is how we know we have the victory. Please listen. James says, my brethren, count it all joy. Now, this is extremely challenging to me. Count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds. That means have various kinds of trials in their life. That means your children. That means your money. That means people. That means friends. That means enemies. That means the government. That means all type of things. He says, count it joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You lack nothing. You're going to go through storms you're going to go through trials, and he says, count it all joy. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives to all men liberally, without reproach, it will be given to him. But ask in faith, do not doubt, for when you doubt, you become like the wave of the sea blown here and there. All right. Number one, you're in a spiritual battle, and you always write it down you don't wrestle with people. Write it down, mark it down. Devil wants you fighting people because he knows if he can get you in strife, get you in unforgiveness, or get you in bitterness, get you in rejection, he's just robbed your lunch. 
He's robbing your lunch from you. You, you really want to get the devil upset with you? When people oppose you, love them. Love them deeply. Love them more. Pray for them more. Love them more. Forgive them more. Go to God and bless them. God, bless them. God, bless them. God, and mean it. Someone say amen. Is that what we do, babe? That's what we do. We're going to keep doing it. Okay, number three, lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6. You guys okay this morning? I want you to get this stuff. If you get it and you incorporate it in your life, you'll be amazed how things can change for you spiritually and how much God can work in your life. I'm not, Amanda, where I'm going to be, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm on my way. And I I just keep telling the Lord, if I need to change, things need to change in me, God do it. I'm in for it. I want to be transformed. How about you? You want to be transformed? We're never going to get where God wants us staying the same, right? Right? And if you're going to change, you always face pressure. You always, Braden, you're not going to win the state unless you face some real tough battles. You're going to have stronger, every time you go up another notch, you're going to have a stronger opponent. You ever heard that saying? I know you probably haven't, but new levels, new devils. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds true, doesn't it? Anytime we're growing, when you're, you're going to, the next guy is going to be tougher. You've got to beat him. But then, guess your reward for beating that guy, you're going to have to beat the next guy until you're on top. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then sometimes we get knocked down, and we just got to start again. We don't quit. The Word of God says in Hosea 4, 6, write it down. It's one of the points that I believe the Lord wanted me to share. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being a priest unto me. We're destroyed for what we don't know. What you don't know is hurting you. And you don't know everything. I promise you don't. I've been, uh, someone told me today, I don't know who it was, someone said they're realizing how much they don't know. I said, man, you've arrived now because that is like the first step is realizing there's a lot that I don't know. I've been studying the Word since I was 26 pretty hard, and I'm still learning all the time. I'm still making adjustments. I still have to get before God and say, God, come on, help me, Lord. I, give me wisdom, Lord. Help me in this situation. We're in a spiritual battle. Say the opposite. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Folks, you are required to pursue God if you want to grow. No one else can do it for you. Nobody else can grow for you. No one else can pursue God for you. You are required to pursue God. And get this, you are required by faith to obey the Lord. Did you know that? Obey is a beautiful word. It's a beautiful, it's, it's, it's so simple. I think that people that really know God know, you know, you say, it's not like you're under law, like God, tell me what to do, right? You ever get someone and say, just tell me what to do, right? To get a clear word from God and to obey it is a beautiful thing. Well, you need knowledge. You need to understand how God works. That this morning, 
you know, God loves you, to understand that it is not perfection that God is after. He's after your heart, is how I would say it. He wants your heart. I don't, Pam will never be perfect. She's close. But she'll never be perfect. But what I want in my real, I want Pam to love me. I want to, I want to see her smile. I want her eyes to flicker when she sees me. <laughs> Not in anger either. <laughs> you don't want that. I want her heart. When I started dating Pam, I was trying to get her heart. Amen? Amen. And I think I got it. And that's what I want. Well, that's what God wants. He's in a love relationship with us. He wants, he wants our heart. And, and uh, if you have someone's heart, you are going to pursue that relationship. Okay, turn over to James chapter 1. Are you guys writing all these down? These are things that will help you if you under these. Someone say it out loud. This is not optional. This isn't optional. It's not optional. If you don't do this, you will struggle. Now, God loves you, and he's, gonna, he's covered you this far. He's going to get you there, amen, whether you do it or not, but you're not going to get where God wants you to go, and you will not be a blessing in other people's lives because you're going to get knocked off the path that God wants you on. A lot of this isn't even, I really believe God, He's never going to fail you. He's never going to forsake you. He loves you. It's not about that. This is about walking with God, which means walking in the Spirit, and if we're going to walk in the Spirit, we need to know these things. James chapter 1, verse 22. But, well, you could really, you could read the whole thing. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. What happens when you just hear the word only? You deceive yourself. You're just hearing the word and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, Right? Well, then you're going to deceive your own heart. Your heart's going to be deceived because you're not putting in action what God is telling you to put in action. I've told the story how the Lord told me to honor my mother. I thank God I put that in action. My mom and I are like this right now. And until I did what God told me to do, which was I love my mom. I love my mother. I go see her every week. And until I did what God said to do, my relationship with my mom for years was strained. God said, honor your mother, period. Like, no excuses, no reasons. Honor your mom. And I love my mom. God repaired that relationship because I became a doer of the word. You got that? When God tells you to do something, do it. All of it. You guys with me? I, I think this stuff will really help you. Don't forget it when you're in the battle. You know what I mean? It's, it's easy here writing it down. You are going to be in the battle, and that's when you need to remember this. That's saying the opposite. Oh, if you could learn that one. Say the opposite. Okay, here we go. Got to go. <clears throat> this is huge. This is huge. Someone say, this is huge. I used to say it without an H. This is huge. <laughs> this is huge. My, uh, Todd, Todd Garman, the pastor at Cornerstone, used to always make fun of me because he would say huge, huge. I would say huge, which is right. Huge. huge. I, never, I never did that. I didn't put an H on it. It's huge. So I'm going to put an H on it. This is huge. You don't treat people like they treat you unless they treat you good. 99% of people 
treat people how they get treated. Maybe more, maybe 99.5. 99%, even of Christians, not all, some Christians got this down, they treat people how they're treated. Jesus said, don't do that. You're a Christian, right? Someone say amen. amen. Don't treat people how they treat you. You treat people how you want to be treated. You want to be loved? Love. You want to be forgiven? Forgive. Isn't that good? It's just Bible 101. We got to do it. I love this. You treat people how you want to be treated. That's why Jesus tells us to love our enemies. You give your enemies or your critics power over you by judging them or wishing evil upon them. That's why the word says, love your enemies. You overcome evil by doing good. Now get this. You ready? Didn't I say, say the opposite? You remember when I said that? Say the opposite? I hope so. I just said it. This is another one. Do the opposite. Do the opposite. Romans 12, 21. Write it down. Highlight it in your Bible. Get it in your heart. These are principles to live by. They will cause you to walk in victory. You'll be free in your heart. Your heart will be free. The world can be caving in around you, but you can be free when you're in prison. You can be free when everything's going haywire if we walk this way. Isn't there a song like, walk this way, talk this way? Yeah, just give me a kiss. Remember that one? Like this. We need to, <laughs> what, what did he say? What did he say? Stop right there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what happens after that. That was it. Just stop right there. That's, we need to adopt these songs, right? Take, make them Christian songs. Walk this way. All right, amen. Walk this way. Do not be overcome by evil. Do the opposite. This is powerful, Harper. Hope you're getting it. This, this is for Lincoln. This is for you and Lincoln. You ready? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. But I don't want to. That's your problem. There's your problem. You got to get God to come in there and get you, give you the want tos. Because the devil's going to eat your lunch when you, re, you retaliate with retaliate. You return evil for evil. And God forbid that you would ever return evil for good. Someone's good to you and you return evil to them. There's scripture about that. I'm not even going to go there. There's scripture about you never want to return. Someone is doing you good and you treat them evil, you're in trouble. The word of God says you better not do that. We do the opposite. I ain't going to go there, Lord. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Say the opposite, do the opposite. Are you getting this? It almost seems like Christians are walking counter to the world, that we're different than the world. We walk in a different direction. The world's going one way, and we're going another way. Doesn't it seem like that? Seems that way to me. If we walk like the world, we're going to get the world's results. I'm going to be done by noon. That's powerful. Eliminate negativity in your life. And I mean negativity like being negative. I know sometimes we want to hate sin, right? I hate sin. That's okay. That's a negative. That's okay. We hate evil. I want to hate evil. But eliminate negativity. 
when we're negative, we draw negative to us. You say, well, look, if you struggle with it, I understand. We all struggle with that. Everybody does. But you've got to eliminate that out of your life. You've got to take the Word of God. Man, this stuff's good. I hope we're getting it. I hope, Lord, I hope I'm getting it. The Bible says in, in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and anything that is praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Now, I'm not getting on... You got to be careful what you listen to, folks. I made a huge mistake about two years ago, three years ago. I started feeding on a lot of negativity, okay? And I started speaking a lot of negativity. And I know there's very negative things. It's not even that the negativity is wrong. We can find negativity everywhere in our world, can't we? I mean, I could leave, I could leave, go home and <clears throat> start watching the news or putting on certain things. I could find plenty of negative out there. The problem is the Word of God says we're not to be dwelling on those things and meditating on those things. We know they're there. We acknowledge them. We pray against the evil. But when we have God on our side, if God be for us, no one can be against us. We need to hear from heaven and march on what God is saying not on what this person is saying and that person is saying. I need to hear from God and march in the victory of the Lord. And I can't do it when I'm listening to negative stuff all over and feeding myself with negativity. Listen to this. Meditate and think on these things. So we have to, when I say positive things, I mean the Word of God. What's more positive than the Word of God? Right? Get in the Word of God and meditate on it. Allow God to change the way you think. Allow God to change your perspective on things. Now, I put here, and I'm not going to go into it today, the power of being like-minded. That's more of a separate sermon. But there's great power in being around a core of people that you all have the same goal for God. You're like-minded. You're all pushing the same direction. Look, if your family, I'll make it personal to you. If your family doesn't do it, your family's going to split, right? You, it starts with the man and wife. They got to be like-minded. Then it goes to the kids. If that doesn't happen, you're going to have division, right? Then after the family, you can go into work and school. And when you go to work, you want to know who's in charge, who has the authority, who has the vision at work. You want to do what that woman, if she's in charge, says. You want to follow what she's saying. You want to be like-minded with those in authority or, or those that, are, that have the vision. Like-mindedness, I'm not going to go into that. And I put down uh, the spirit of offense. This is a huge one, and I've seen this one in operation. Uh, I won't go into it a lot because I want to get to something else. Watch out for the spirit of offense. The devil wants to offend you constantly. He wants you to be walking around in offense, always offended always offended. Well, this, they didn't do this, or they didn't say that, or they didn't do this. And always, if he can offend you, I told you the story of a couple that a lady moved the lady's purse from one row to the other in the church, 
and they bickered with one another, and neither one of them ever came back to the church. True story. Isn't that crazy? You talk about easily offended. Well, if the enemy can offend you, he will offend you. Okay, I got this other thing. I can't go there because I'm going to run out of time. Um, there are spiritual laws that govern, govern our life. Did you know that? Now, we are saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by Moses' law. We're saved based on the work of Christ. But when you walk in the Spirit, there are laws of life. Did you know that? There are spiritual laws. I'm going to go over um, a couple of them here. Somebody flip over to Galatians 6-7. Flip over, everybody, flip over to Galatians 6-7. And I'm coming to a close here. What happens when you don't operate in them? Yeah, and you're going to miss the blessing of it. You're going to miss the blessing. So many of these things, if we're filled with the Spirit and we're filled with God's love, you're just going to walk in this. It's not, you know, getting in God's presence. You're just going to, getting in God's presence and what Charlie was talking about today, and you're just going to walk in those things naturally. They're going to flow into your life when you seek the Lord, but you still need to be aware of these, uh, their spiritual laws. Galatians 6, 7, get this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he also reaps. This is to Christians, right? Christians. It says, if you sow to the flesh, this is powerful, if you sow to the flesh, that means selfishness, offense, and not saying the same thing, and being angry at everybody. And it says, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, and that's what I'm teaching. I'm teaching you how to sow to the Spirit. That's, that's the very lesson I'm teaching you. Brad Kittle, your pastor, is teaching you how to sow to the Spirit, okay? You will reap life everlasting from the Spirit. Romans 8.2 talks about a law of the Spirit of life, and, I, and there's more in there. Uh, Romans 8.2 talks about that. Luke 6.38 uh, talks about the giving. Give and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into your bosom. And he says, with whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I really should, I don't want to shortchange that one. Whatever measure, this is a spiritual law, with whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Kind of makes you stop and think. Maybe some of you are realizing why things are so tough for you because you're not measuring out good stuff. You can measure out good stuff and bad stuff will come back, but eventually, if you're patient and you don't give up, you will reap a different harvest because you are sowing a different seed. That's why he says, don't quit, don't faint, don't be weary in well-doing because in due season, you will reap if you don't grow weary in well-doing. Write this one down. With whatever measure you use, it's going to come back to you. That's the spiritual law. <clears throat> I don't like my harvest. Change your seed. All right. <clears throat> Last thing. I want to talk about the law of faith. And I, I'm going to, I got a few minutes. I'll tap on it. You can dig Romans 3.27. You guys let me finish this one here. Can I finish this one? Would you let me? No, I'm, okay, thank you. I'll finish this one, then I'll wrap it up. Romans 
We've got a couple scriptures with this point. 327. Where is your boasting then? Where's your bragging? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. And we conclude, and he's talking about justification here. He says, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from works, apart from the deeds of the law. Okay, so Paul mentions here a law of faith. He's talking about you're justified before God by faith, without works. It's faith that gets you justified. And he mentions this law of faith. I want to show you where Jesus talked about this law of faith and how it operates. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. And this is powerful. Law of faith. Mark 11, 23, 22. Jesus answered, have faith in God. For truly I say, or assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, law of faith here, and does, you're going to hear some of this in these healing testimonies coming, and does not doubt in her heart, but believes that those things which she says will be done, she will have whatever she says. Say that again. Someone say that out loud. He or she will have what? Whatever they say. It's pretty simple, isn't it? If you believe. And he tells you why. Therefore, therefore Jesus says to Grace Point Church, Whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what? You'll have them. That comes out of a relationship with the Lord, and you can't cheat it. That scripture in your life comes out of your relationship with God, and you can't cheat it. You know what I mean, don't you? Harper, you may ask me for a pair of shoes, and I'm a pretty nice guy, and I may give them to you, right? But if Pammy asks me for a pair of shoes, she's going to get a pair of shoes. Because I'm in relationship with Pam. And you know what? If I ask for tacos, I'm getting tacos for dinner. Harper, would you make me tacos today? Probably not. But you might, right? You might do it once or twice. The third time you're saying, who are you and why are you bothering me? And you would have every right to say that to me, but not Pammy, because I'm in a relationship with, I had tacos three times this week, I got to be honest. <laughs> Didn't I, babe? I had tacos three times this week. When she says tacos, my eyes light up. That's a relationship. You, you can't cheat God in Mark 11, 23 and 24. Sometimes you got to get before him and wait before him and you got to know what he's thinking. You got to be interacting with him, and you certainly have to be standing on the word of God. Amen? Yes, and I'm, yes. Amen. Although the scripture I'm going to go to, she didn't say it out loud, but I'm not contradicting you. Last scripture, Mark 5. I'm not. Mark 5, this, this, and I am ending. This is, this is the law of faith. I want you to see this, then I'm going to end. I, just, I had to get this one in. Um, Mark 5, 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great mul multitude followed him and thronged him. 
Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all the money she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. For she said, and we'll say she said it out loud, for she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and said, who touched my clothes? Who made the decision for that woman to be healed? She did. Jesus didn't even know. Jesus didn't even know who touched him. Said power went out of him. She said in her heart, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. That is a positive faith statement in God. Didn't she say that? If I can just touch him, I'll be healed. She made that statement. And that was the faith that she had. Now the person next to him didn't have that faith. She could have touched Jesus all day long. Nothing would have happened. But she said it. Jesus did not decide to heal her. Said the power came out of her, him, to her, right? She made the decision. And so Jesus flips around and says, who touched me? He said, Lord, there are so many people. I don't know who touched you. And they pulled her out of the crowd and she fell down and she was afraid. And, he, and in verse 34, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith has made you well. Now, I understand. I want to say this clearly. Her faith wasn't in faith, was it? It was in Jesus. I saw these books yesterday at the, wherever time we get May, we go to the five and below or whatever, and they said, manifest your dream. You know what I'm talking about, man. I said, no, I'm not, no, no. I want to manifest Jesus' dream for my life. You know, I'm not trying to manifest my dreams. I want to manifest the word of God. I want to manifest Jesus' dream for my life. But our, our faith is in Jesus, and he doesn't change. You guys get anything out of that? You ought to write them down. <clears throat> if you didn't write it down, you should go back and listen to it again and get these thoughts in your heart. And above everything, get your relationship with the Lord good so you and the Lord are talking back and forth. You know how to pray. You know what to ask for. You're in his word. He's speaking to you. And, and, and then put these spiritual principles. If you can't put them to work, Get before God until you can. Amen? Because it, it, trust me, when someone yells at your kids, it's going to be hard to love your enemies when, you, when the cackles are going up on the back of your head, right? Let me pray. <clears throat> Let me pray. Father, I thank you for Charlie, uh, that, that word that you gave Charlie this morning. It's so true that we should come in here on fire, ready to worship and bless you and serve you and uh, just be ready to worship i pray lord that's exactly what we do next week when we come in we come in ready i thank you for your holy spirit speaking to us through that was a word of god for this church and i thank you for it lord i know that you spoke these things to me this week and you were reminding me of them but you were reminding me for the people lord and we need to learn to walk in i you know what Dina said, Father, I know, you know, we're not perfect. We, we, we don't always get these things right. But we have a goal, 
and you've showed us the way. Lord, help us to walk in this way. Help us to walk this way, talk this way, and I'll leave it right there, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, praise the Lord.